6 a.m. run family, 6 a.m. run listeners, 6 a.m. run consumers, everyone. You guys know me, Hami here. Pretty excited for today's guest. I've been looking for more content to share with all of you guys. So this is someone that we're about to find out and you guys are about to hear is really up there. And one of the things we talk about, and I know in our community, it's always, you know, we, we say, and we even encourage other runners, you know, you start with the mile, the two mile, the three mile, the 5k, the 10k, the half, and then full, this person's kind of taken it to, you know, the, almost the finish line, but there's more, I think people do even more than that. I think David, yeah, but uh, I'd love to introduce David Terrio. He is an ultra marathoner or ultra runner. These are new, right? But let me let you introduce yourself, David. How are you doing? Hey, doing well, homie. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I love to run, brother. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I started, um, you know, my first race was a marathon. I tore my ACL and decided um, doing jujitsu, you know, just being stupid, doing jujitsu, tore my ACL and I wanted a goal to rehab my knee. And I said, you know what, I'm going to run a marathon within a year. And I'd never run a 5K, 10K, anything like that. So, but I did it smart. You know, I trained, I did the training. And uh, so, December 2009, I had ACL reconstruction. And then, December 2010, I ran my first race in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, the Baton Rouge Beach Marathon. And uh, I lived. So, it was cool. <laughs> so, let's kind of start from the beginning. At yeah, two, man. I know you said, I liked with our customers. And not our customers, our customers and our listeners. I love to share ages and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Running, I feel like is one, it's weird. What other sport, let's even call running a sport. I know it's not even called that a lot, but what other event, sport, can you see people 40 plus improve their time? To me, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I was in my 30s when I, when I started doing that and just my times just continued to get better. And as I got older... You know, I just, you keep putting in the work and the consistency. That's one of the things I love. And I, I tell runners, you just, the consistency builds such a, a base and a strength and a resilience in running. And so I learned that, you know, the more I would do, just the better I would become, the stronger I, and the, the longer I could go and even uh, faster at certain points. So let's, let's also backtrack a little bit there too. So for me, and I, I hate repeating myself, but you and I have never talked, so I kind of want to share this with you. Yeah. So for me, I have to run seven days a week and not for physical reasons. It's a lot more mental. That's my one hour a day of my, that's my meditation, even though the phone's on, because if I'm listening to something, but it is kind of, I say, turn the phone off, turn the family off for a second, love my family to death, but yeah. this is, and then also work, right? Like I can think about, yesterday and how I can prove, improve today. So that's one reason, seven days a week. The next is if I don't miss a day, the last day I skipped, for example, and this was on purpose, was Christmas day, right? Mm -hmm. But the next day when I ran, I was like, oh my God, I feel like crap. Like I'm not, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you like yeah, that yeah. or are you very meticulous in rest days? Because I know that that's another extreme that some runners are. I've got to rest three days a week. I've got to run three days. Like, you know what I mean? What is your style? Dude, I got to do something every day. And if it's not running, I'm at the gym. And right. so I, I get up, I, I shared with you before, I get up at four in the morning and then I'm usually at the gym or running by five o'clock to get whatever my workout is, you know, done. And if I'm not running, I still get up. I need that discipline. And then I'll go to the gym and just do some core work or some, right. I, I call them my bro lifts. I'll do my bro lifts. So I don't shrink away to nothing from running all the time. And, uh, but I do something every day and I'm like you, if, if I don't, uh, so this, I'm in Oklahoma and 
we're snowed and everything's messed up. So my gym was closed this morning and it's a rest day for running. And so I'm discombobulated right now. And as soon as we get off of this, I'm going to the gym because it was closed this morning because of the ice and everything. Right. And so anyway, yeah, I, I need the daily discipline and it sets my day up because right. if I don't do the thing like this morning, I, I just, my brain is not where it needs to be. I'm not firing on all cylinders. And by getting up early, man, I'm just, I'm ready to attack the day even after working out. It's for sure a release, right? Like an out. Oh yeah. I mean, you have to, I think, you know, it look, and especially these last couple of years and we don't, we try to stay away from any news or politics, obviously in, in this, yeah. we want this to be a happy space, but when you do see what's going on in the world, especially a day like today, which um, yeah. it, for, for listeners, you know, you probably will, will know what, what I'm just saying by just saying that, but anyway, there's so much anxiety and things that I think people go through on a daily basis. I think you need to, you know, one of the things I saw that was like invented, I, I just, I picture that when I think of my running sometimes, have you ever seen those? Like it's a business. It's like where they have like, you, you kind of put like a lot of protection gear on and you go and smash stuff. What's that? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what the business is called, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a reason for that business. Right. Like, and I think for me that running, I can be I read, um, I don't know if you ever read Phil Knight's shoe dog book. He said like every day there'd be like a bad, especially when Nike was first starting, whenever there was a day. And I don't know if you know, Phil Knight ran for, you know, University of Oregon. He ran yeah. with Prefontaine. Like the guy is like a certified runner back in his day. But he said every time something bad happened at Nike or he thought like Nike wouldn't make it or Nike had a bad day or, you know, in the early stages, he literally, whether even if it was like eight o'clock at night when he got home from work, he had to go run mm -hmm. to center himself of sorts. Right. Yeah. So do you find that as well? Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, and I've had people, because I do ultra marathons, people ask, what do you think about when you're out there training and running and doing all this stuff? And I, I, I jokingly say everything and nothing. It's a time to process. It's a time to clear my head. And I might not remember half the, I, I come up with some really good ideas that just float away, man. But that's important time. And the stress relief is huge, man. I, I don't know. I do that. And I'm like you, I do also, you know, podcasts and books. And mm -hmm. so I, I just, I utilize the time because uh, sometimes I'm training up to 18, 19 hours a week. And so, you know, I listen to podcasts, listen to books, and just sometimes just listen to my feet hit the pavement, man. It's good. So, so are you, let me, let's back up too. I want to get to the ultra marathon part of it. Like we're so, I love everything you're saying. And, and I want to make sure too, to cover some stuff. This is a very great uh, conversation we're having. So you start running jujitsu, ACL knee surgery, ACL repair. You yeah. start running. You ran your foot. Your goal was, all right, I'm going to run a marathon. So you, you didn't do that. I'm going to do a 5k, 10 you went right to the kind of the, at that time, the creme de la creme. So yeah. you do that marathon, the Baton Rouge one, the beach one. So then from that one, then you go, what made you say, or was that where you were like, all right, no, I don't say, was it easy? Did you feel like that was too easy? And openly, how did you feel? Was that? No. Yeah. No, man, it was tough. I mean, and I did pretty decent. What was my, um, Time was like a 343 for my first, you know, first marathon. And, you know, I survived it. I was cramping and a little bit after, you know, and all. But um, I went back and I did 5Ks, 10Ks, and then I did more marathons and, you know, heard about Boston. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to, you know, start working toward that. But then in 2013, I signed up for my first ultra marathon. And that's in South Louisiana, too, is in the swamps. And, 
normally most people sign up for a 50k or a 100k first right, right, right. but, but uh, i did a 100 miler for my first and just so explain how yeah real quick and back up explain how that works a 100 miler is not a 100 straight right like do, or do you walk some run some can you cuz that's also some of my confusion when i'm hearing yeah. a lot more and more about ultras so can you explain the process of an ultra yeah. So basically you've got a starting time and you've got a cutoff time. And within that time, you've got to get a hundred miles and it depends how difficult it is. And always you want to, you know, the goal is to try to do hundred miles in 24 hours. That's the goal. I mean, um, and some people do them in 30, it depends. And they'll have some time, you know, there are some times where you're walking or spending a little extra time at aid station to change socks or shoes. Cause it's, you just crossed a Creek and it's, you know, a lot of times on trails. So it's, it's rugged. It's a little different, you know, dealing with chasing a lot more and you know your problems that you have for a marathon are just exponential right you know and so you've got to deal with those and um you know and you're running in the night it gets cold you got to change clothes you have drop bags sometimes you even have a crew will meet you at certain aid stations so it's a lot of logistics and it's a lot more but you do end up like especially mountainous ones you end up doing some power hiking some walking and uh yeah it's a whole different and you got to do your training differently because you're right. You're not running at marathon pace for a hundred miles, yeah. but so you back off a little bit, but you're, you want to move as fast as possible, you know, because the clock is ticking. And if you're trying to, you know, push yourself and, and want to better your times or want to beat the guy in front of you, you, you got to keep moving. Let me back up a little bit. Is it better to do with a friend? Did you do this solo? Do you make friends while you're doing this? How does it work like that way? Yeah. So well, I ended up getting uh, for this first one, I had my parents crew me, but uh, I ended up for the, this was a 20 mile loop in the swamps of Louisiana and we did it five times. And so I got a friend to pace me the last loop, the last 20 miles. And what a pacer will do is they'll just, uh, they can't mule for you. They can't carry anything. They're just there to run with you because you're so tired and you know, you're in the woods and to make sure you're safe, you know, and to talk to you and just motivation, keep you awake and all that. And so I had a, a friend pace me for those last 20 miles. But other than that, I did the training basically by myself and ended up, you know, I did some trail runs and some training runs with friends, but the race itself, you end up, in an ultra marathon, you, you spend a lot of time, I call it in no man's land by yourself. Uh, but you also end up spending a lot of time, not at a high pace running with people. And I've gotten to know some amazing people. And that's one of the things with my podcast, I've interviewed a lot of people I've run with and you just get to talk on the trail because you're not running super hard and I'll be competing against a friend and, you know, I want to beat him but we're friends, you know, and it's, yeah, it's course. a, it's a cool thing, you know, and we'll talk for a while and we'll leapfrog each other in the race. And, uh, it's a cool dynamic, man. That's awesome. So, okay. And then the mental aspect, you know, you have your pacer for the last 20 was there, and don't take this the wrong way, please. Is there any time you're like, F this, I'm not doing like the first one you did. Was there any time that you were like, F this, I'm not doing it. I'm done. I quit. Like, but obviously you're mental. Like, Cause so for the marathon, I feel like what people like, I'll say, so I don't know if you know my story. Cause I know we just met David, but so I very similar a little bit, but like I said, I always say my story about just kind of running, running, running. And then I, I worked up my first marathon. I completed this past November. I did New York city. Okay. And I did New York City Marathon. Part of why I wanted to do New York City was I wanted the crowds and going through the different boroughs. I knew that that scenery would yeah. just keep me occupied visually and mentally, right? Yeah. When also seeing other people, you talk about the competitiveness. I always say this, but I say it in a kind way. Every time I see someone fall off and start walking, 
I was like, all right, one more kind of like, I, it kind of yeah. helped me not walk. If that makes any sense. It's kind of like Goggins taking souls. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I finished with my running pace, not a great time by any means, but I finished and I, yeah. I, I kept my promise to myself of, I'm not going to walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously ultras require some hiking and walking. I love, I respect that. It's still difficult as shit, but was there a time when you were just like the first one, especially where you were like, F this, I'm done. Yeah, it got pretty tough. I was pretty determined on my first one. Um, and I knew the course. I went out and I trained a lot on the course. So I okay, so it was local well. to you. Okay. There was some, yeah, it was local to me. And um, so I had a lot of a lot of people I knew were were manning aid stations. So I had a lot of support. It got tough. It got pretty, you know, at the end, the guy that was pacing me was afterwards we talked about it. And I was talking to my legs, like, let's go. Cause uh, uh I ended up I uh, was in, I think I got fourth place and fifth place was we saw a light behind me, you know, a headlamp coming up behind me. And so I'm talking to my legs, like, come on, move, move. Cause you're just tired. And, you know, I ended up running in pretty good at the end, but, but it got tough, but I have been since then in races where, yeah, I was just, I was ready to call it quits. There, there have been a few where I have called it quits. You know, I did a Tahoe 200 in 2018 and, you know, that was something I had never, I'd never been to Ta Lake Tahoe. And then I went and I ran 200 miles and I hit some spectacular highs and some deep, dark lows, man. And I don't know, man, you find out a lot about yourself doing that though. You find out you're raw and every ultra I've run or every race I've run, actually, you find out a lot about yourself because you've got to push it. They all hurt, man. A 5k hurts, you know? And, and it's that. And then the other part too, when everyone asks me like, how did it feel like to finish, to finish, to finish? I think, and I don't know if anyone's never ran it. What I also tell people, and I told my wife this when I was done one, of course, I definitely was hurting for a week after that, yeah. but yeah. the end was very anticlimactic. If you think about it, like I finished New York and they were just like, here's a medal. I was yeah. like, that's it. Like <laughs> yeah. the running itself, the pain, the will I make it, the wondering, will I quit? Because that was my first one. Yeah. That was, and then fin like actually finishing like the metal and the actual finish line part was like, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay it, but it wasn't, you know, they, they always say it's the journey. Right. And yeah, yeah. it really is. Cause like the end of, for me, and again, I'm on nowhere near your level, but the end for me of New York City Marathon, again, was very like, blah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I did Boston and, you know, and so Boston, like that's Boston, you know, and, and so it was fun. It was totally the opposite of ultras because of the crowds and all this right. stuff, but you get the medal and there is that fulfillment, but it's part of, it's just like, okay, all right. Yeah, I did it. Okay, yeah. now what? <laughs> I'm freezing. <laughs> yeah, and it was like crazy. And I would do it again. And I think I, yeah. I picked a great location to do it. But I just, I look back on it and I'm like, the best part was the difficulties, the bridges that were hard, you know, coming, you know, really trying to finish and telling myself and, and going through different miles, like the mile markers where I had my wife and, and my best friend, you know, be there for me for my nutrition and stuff like that. So those are the parts that I, I'm like, all right, I would miss that. Yeah, no. So you do, now you're on this ultra. Now you look for these, what, I, I guess one, do you have a run coach? Have you become kind of like a run coach? You talk about a pacer. What do you think people need to learn? What should people look for? Mm -hmm. To someone, I think ultras, correct me if I'm wrong, because now I love talking to you because you're in that space. 
someone who's now done a marathon and looking to go to that next level, what's your recommendation for them to get there? Okay. And I, I'm going to say when I did my first marathon, I had, a, I had a, uh, I joined a local track club and I had a coach that, that helped me. So I didn't just, just go run a, a marathon, you know, I trained for it and sure, I trained, sure. trained smartly. And so in the ultra marathon community, I surrounded myself with a lot of people, you know, that kind of gave me a, a plan and I do coach now I'm a certified ultra running coach, but I have a coach. He's a friend. He's another certified coach. His name's Cliff Pittman. And, and he holds me accountable to, you know, I know I can do the thing, but he just, you know, he looks gives me a different perspective. Like, Hey, don't you think this would work well for you? And, uh, you know, we can bat things back and forth. And so it's good to seek out, you know, some, some wisdom. Cause a lot of people just go out and they just run a bunch of miles to run a bunch of miles, but there's an art to it. There's a science to it, you know, boy, just a little bit of tweaking of a schedule can make you pay huge dividends. And sometimes let's face it, man, we need somebody to tell us, Hey, you need to slow down and take a, if not a rest day, a recovery run, a slow recovery run and let your body heal and, you know, talk us down. So nutrition, I do like talking yeah. to people, not just, you know, what you take on race day or any a carbon take. Are you, mm-hmm. what I'm loving now is the variety of running diets in turn. Let me get to, I'm kind of trying to get to this question and I'll, I'll get there soon. So nutrition wise, in terms of your daily, even when there's maybe no event coming on, are you carnivore, vegan? I think that we, we talked about this kind of in the, in the pre-meeting you and I just had, we talked about, you know, kind of still, you would agree you stay in a, and, and I know I tried to, you stay in a consistent shape. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm not saying you would go crush an ultra marathon, but if someone said two weeks, there's an ultra marathon, it seems like you're somebody that's, yeah. you would get a way to get ready in two weeks. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I might not crush it, but uh, I'll get it done. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah. with that being said, what do you do for your daily diet? Are you vegan? Do you like meat or fish or poultry? Like what do you do nutrition wise outside of supplementation to stay at that highest level possible, even when you don't have a race coming up? Yeah. So I went through a pretty significant period where I was, I wouldn't say keto, but I would say fat adapted where okay. I did that. I did that for quite a while. And uh, it worked well for me. And so I'm not doing that now. Now I, I mostly, I eat whole foods, you know, I eat a variety. I still, I'm a little bit of a carbophobe because of uh, keto, but man, sometimes you just gotta, you got, you know, I feel like I need to take some in before my hard workouts. And most people that most fat adapted athletes do the same thing to fuel your workouts because you need to fuel them to get your fitness sure. adaptations and stuff. And so, but I just, I try to eat as healthy as possible. I mean, I still like pizza. I still, you know, I still uh, eat some things sometimes, uh, some uh, cheat meals, but I just try to eat healthy, whole foods, man, a lot of vegetables. I do eat meat. I do eat fish. I do eat a lot of uh, chicken, but I just try to get it as natural you know, as possible. I always say to people too, myself, and I've learned, uh, we had a psychologist, we haven't published her podcast yet, so I don't want to give too much away, but I've been told. So I personally, just again, not nowhere on your level, but just being my daily running self, I mentally feel like I'm running every day to earn my meals in a way. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I told you that's not the right attitude and I get that, (laughs) but I still, you know what I mean? Like part of me is like, all right, look, I got my run in, you know, I can, you know, divulge a little bit, right. I can have that chocolate chip cookie, right. Yeah. Yeah. I ran, I earned it. And I don't think I'll ever let that go or, you know what I I mean? I do that too, man. I do that too, man. You know, like, Hey, I ran 20 miles yesterday. I'm going to have 
ice cream. You know? <laughs> right. And I think part of it is that happiness of I earned it. You know what I mean? And there's a guilty feeling. If I, like I said, Christmas day, I told myself Christmas day, it's family time. We're all going to get up early for the gifts. My, my two kids, you know, and it was like, but you know, the next day I definitely was like, all right, I got to run this, this stuff off, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so I love hearing that. What are your thoughts to someone like you? You said you do it all. Let me, let's go back to the past two years. So has things become more virtual for you? Are you excited to things opening up? Are you now looking at your summer of live races and back? I got to assume a lot of people in your shoes are probably very excited to see this will be really the first summer of live events, right? Well, I, I was able to do, uh, I actually did a, a few hundred milers in 2020. And then last year I was going to be doing the triple crown of 200s, but uh, because of wildfires, the Tahoe 200 got canceled because of the nature of ultra marathons. Yeah. I was still able to do quite a few, but it's opened up a lot more. And um, so I've got, I've got races scheduled. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to being, you know, ultra we're alone. I train alone a lot, but I love being around the community. I love being around right. other oh, yeah. runners. It encourages me. I love to encourage them. And so I'm really looking forward to it. I've got my goal races set out for this year and uh, I'm training, man. I'm running like crazy and, and ready to do it. So I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, and, and people, we do, unfortunately, we do an audio only podcast as we've just started this in the last couple of months. I'm looking at you. I can't see, I think they look, are they, is it Brooke? I don't know, but I'm looking at a wall of sneakers behind you and your medals. <laughs> Tell me about your sneaker choice. I know we just talked about diet, sneaker choice, for especially for an ultra. What is David's go-to sneaker for 100 miles? Yeah. So I have to give an explanation. I'm an ultra guy. I don't know if you've heard of ultra uh, shoes, A-L-T-R-A. Yes. Yep. And so when I first started running, I read Barn to Run while I was down with my ACL reconstruction. So I, I ran my first marathon in Vibram five finger shoes, man. And you know that's just a little piece of rubber underneath the bottom. And so that's what I ran in for the first, I guess, year and a half, two years of running. Wow. And, okay. Yeah. And so what I like about Ultra is there's, there's a foot-shaped toe box where my toes can spread and it's also zero drop. So I can keep my natural gait. I'm a four foot runner, you know? And so that's what I wear. I'm, I'm on their ambassadors. And so for the hundred milers on trail, I wear their Olympus. It's zero drop, but has a lot of cushion. They're great. A lot of traction. And uh, on the roads, I'll either wear their, their Escalante's they're real lightweight or on a marathon, I'll usually wear their Torrens. They have a little bit more cushioning, but I love them, man. And all, every single one of those shoes right there are ultra shoes, different versions. Or No, and definitely running shoes have historically been pointy, but it's funny. You see like the Hoka's, all the brands are, are kind of going to what you're talking about. I think that they're finally, you know, not even finally, I think as they're doing I love, you've mentioned, and no one else has mentioned this, and I've done a little bit of research on this. Have you done a gait analysis of yourself doing that many miles? Have you, you mentioned your gait. Have you ever looked into gait analysis? Have you looked at your form to keep you healthy? I know someone, I, I got to also assume someone that's had ACL, you want to do, I don't want to say recovery, but you want to do as preventative as possible, right? Do you look at your form, your motion? Are those things that you really take into consideration and study at all? Probably not as much as I should. I have filmed myself and I have a, a sports chiropractor that I go to here in the Tulsa area. And uh, he's examined me a few times and given me some some exercises to do for imbalances and, and things like that. And so I have to really, and you're right, I have to really monitor it. I tore my ACL again in 2015 on a trampoline. And so I had to have surgery again same uh, on, the, on the same knee. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had wow. to go in and redo it. Yeah. It's terrible. That was Odell Beckham, right? Like a couple weeks ago, right? Same yeah. knee short in the yeah. Super Bowl. 
Yeah. yeah it was horrible. <laughs> it, it, now, is that different? Like, is that once it's tore, is that more susceptible to another one? Is that, did they, is that what they said to you? What did it, how did they? Yeah. And originally I, cause I live in Oklahoma now I had the surgery in, in Louisiana originally. And I think it, I don't think it ever was as tight as it should have been maybe. So, you know, when I tore it again, I had to have the surgery again. And uh, so I've been really doing a lot more strength exercising and, you know, taking care of those things, stretching a lot more. And because uh, I don't want to, I stay off of trampolines, dude. Trampolines are the devil. Anybody mm. listening, stay off of trampolines. <laughs> How, let me ask you that. Was the injury, obviously that's the setback. Was it more upsetting that, because you're off your feet for how long? Yeah, for this one, first time I tore my ACL, it just popped the ACL. But this time I dinged the cartilage, tore some meniscus. I, I really, because I the way I landed and uh, I was on crutches for six weeks. And so what I, man, what I encourage people when they have setbacks, what I had to do mentally, because by that time, man, I'm like you, I'm running. I, that's what I do. I'm a runner. I'm running, I'm doing things. And so for my sanity, as soon as I could drive, because it was my right leg, which was pretty quick, I figured it out how to do it with my left leg. But as soon as I could drive, I was crutching my butt into the gym and working out what I could. I figured out a way to do a little bit of cardio with ropes. And mm -hmm. uh, I did machine workouts. I said, I'm going to strengthen my core. So when I can run again, I'm going to be in good shape. So I always tell people, I was like, when you can't do what you want to do, man, just do what you can, but do something, you know? Right. My last question too, for someone of you, of you, and it seems like you've even done some high altitudes, things like that. What is breath work like for you? Well, really, I just, I don't really work on my, I, that's something I've actually, I started looking into a little bit. I know a lot of people do the Wim Hof uh, method and stuff, but I haven't really explored that. I just kind of do what comes naturally with, okay. with breathing and stuff. So that's something that's kind of on my journey on my, I need to look into that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And because I, the only reason I asked that of you being that you've, you know, competed at a, at such a high level, because I, and what I hate is that, you know, I think what, where I am personally is you got to do what's best for you. Right. Yeah. I'll give you a perfect yeah. example. I've seen people say, you know, mouth breathing on running is okay. You want to suck in, you know, as much oxygen as possible. And the only way to do that is through your mouth. Right. Yeah. Right. I've seen some people say, no, you've got to go in the nose, out the mouth. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah, that's yeah. where you're going to be. So for me though, it's like, I just feel like now you see, I'll say this, and this is getting a little off topic. I feel like, like, I'll give you a, you know, you, you said you love pizza. There's pizza diets, right? Like, I feel like if you really <laughs> want to find something yeah. that matches yeah, your yeah. personality, you can, right? Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. there's a, there's yeah. diets that say lose weight by just eating pizza, right? Like, so I feel like in this day and age of the internet, <laughs> you really want to find something. You can find somebody that says the way you breathe is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true. It's true. And, and I will say this, man. For the most part, for uh, ultra marathons, because you're not running at a super high intensity, I try to keep my breathing. You know, I don't want my heart rate spiked for. 15 hours, you know, I'm keeping it low. And so I'm usually can breathing comfortably through my nose and, you know, not having to breathe really hard. That's why I said five K's are hard, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta run hard for 3.11 miles and my, breathe that's, that's my last question. 5k, 10k that. So my last question I ask every runner, so there's running and I think there's three levels, right? There's sprinting, right? Yeah. Which is a yeah. very short distance. You're talking your 40 yard dash, your hundred yard dash, your Usain Bolt type running that that's running too. There's yeah. no question. There's sprinting. There's running where you are really pushing yourself, but obviously you're not sprinting a short distance. And then there's jogging, right? Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. 
like, do you feel like, especially as you get to the ultra, like the, that's where the jogging does become acceptable, but you're still pushing yourself? Yeah, man, definitely. And, um, but I will say this and yeah, I do, we do a lot of in that, that zone two of your heart rate, you know, jogging that you do a lot of that, but I still do speed work because fitness, right. when you talked about altitude earlier to prepare for altitude, one of the best things you can do is be really fit to help with that. And so, uh, but I, I'll tell you this, when I was training for ultras, I jumped into a marathon as a training race and it was cool and I felt good. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And I went for a PR and I figured, well, if I blow up, I blow up. It's a training run. And without doing like a whole lot of marathon specific speed training, I PR'd that marathon, you know, in the middle of a training block for an ultra marathon. And so it's all part of, you know, it's all fitness, you know, it's all, it's good. I mean, you need to do specific cool. stuff, but yeah. Well, I think too, I mean, I mean, you got to figure too, when you get older, you say you felt good that day. I will say this, there's for sure a thousand percent. There's days, I don't know, it's like the first mile, I can just tell it's gonna be a, this is gonna be a bad day. I still am finishing, yeah, yeah. right? But yeah, my yeah. body's cracking in a way. I just I feel off. And then yeah. there's days that you know you just wake up and you're you got an extra spring in your step. I mean, I think that's part of aging, I I guess, right? Yeah, you know. And then I also love, so that brings me to one of my final questions kind of too. stretching, not, we talked, I knew you obviously do weight work and things like that. Stretching. Are you a stretcher or do you just get out and go? Oh, I, I don't stretch beforehand. I'll do some movements, but I don't stretch before. I'll do some. You feel like the bit. first couple of miles are what loosens you up? That's what I feel like. Yes, yes, yes. I do a little bit, a few things to loosen my hips, just roll my hips a little bit. And that's that's what I do beforehand and kind of roll my ankles a little bit. And then I take off and I start off my first mile is stupid slow. Uh, you know, always just a slow warm up mile just to get the blood flow. And then, you know, things get, probably the same with you. Things get progressively better. And then yeah. when I'm loose, then speed work time or whatever, <laughs> whatever the workout is. Yeah. Uh, treadmill, not treadmill. What is your, not viewer opinion. Sometimes you got to do a treadmill, right? I do. I, for those, I, not for those that can't see. So, so David <laughs> literally turned his camera and he's, he's in a room with a treadmill with, yeah, again, yeah. With, next to like a hundred medals. <laughs> oh yeah. I wouldn't, I wasn't trying to show that, but yeah. A treadmill, I call it, it's a necessary evil. And one of the reasons I do get up early, same as you, man, I have a family, I have a job and I, I try to do a lot of my training early so that I'm available to my family, right. you know, and then it's, it's training for ultras. Some of it's done, you know, a lot of hours. And so a treadmill is helpful, especially when the weather's bad and I can't travel or I can't, you know, do, it's still good to run outside, but I got to get my training in. And so I'll do it on a treadmill. In fact, to test my mental fortitude a couple of years ago, I did the treadmill challenge. It's a hundred miles on a treadmill. And so I went to the local gym and ran a hundred miles on the treadmill nonstop. And so that was mind numbing, but it was also, I wanted to do it to prove that mentally I could do it. And um, so, but it's necessary, I, I think for me. I, no, for sure. I no, yeah. I think, let me tell you something, David, and I'm out of questions, but I want to just say this as we wrap up and, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk to our runners, you know, candidly uh, and make sure there's nothing I missed out. But what I love about you, David, and, and uh, I mean, let me say this on, you know, this episode, you're just candid, you're real. And what I love about the running community, you kind of embody that you're just, look, I feel like other sports can have their hoity-toity type of, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. 
the running community is like whether you run a five hour marathon or whether you run a, you know, you're, you know, Kopchegi, right? You run under two. Yeah. At the end of the day, we respect the work it takes to do it, right? 100%. And you're very raw, real, and you're just so down to earth with regardless of those accomplishments and things that are, you know, in your background right now, I'm watching, you know, so I want to thank you for your time. I feel like I could run like I can't, but I just feel personally like I could do a hundred miles right now just because of your upbeat. Like, yeah, I just did it. Like, I love that about you. So thank you so much with that. Like I said, anything that I missed out that you or something you wanted to share with our audience, you know, like I said, these are, these are runners of all levels, right? We have, you know, your beginners and we've got, you know, some pros that take our product. So tell me, is there anything maybe I missed out that you'd love to share with our, our audience? You just need to put in the time, put in the work. That ability is there. And so, you know, you just mine that potential, be disciplined, you know, do the work and you can do it, man. And uh, I think a lot of people uh, can do a lot more than they think they can. So they just, just got to do it, man. Nice. Let's also, and we'll share this on everything. David, if you could also share with us, you have your podcast. I think people, obviously, if, if you got what I got out of this one, definitely head on over. I'm sure David has great guests that are on that level of his. You said you have your running friends, your community, and, and you coach. So a lot of people can learn from, from yours, I'm sure. David, you want to go ahead and real quick shout out some of your handles and channels people can get in touch with you, please? Yeah, man. On all uh, all platforms, just look up the Run the Riot podcast uh, and you'll see it there. Um, the Run the Riot podcast is where we talk about all things ultra running. And I get people who are professional ultra runners, people who are moms and dads just like us and out there crushing it. And uh, I love hearing people's stories. So that's that's what it's all about and hear how they train and what they do and how they balance life and all the things. And so, uh, yeah, look me up, man. I'd be glad to help anybody. And the website is www.runtheriot.run. Now, let me ask you this. Do you do virtual coaching too? So anyone from any state, can they... Because you said you're a certified coach. Are you taking mm-hmm. on clients? I just, just in case anyone is wondering on that note. Yeah. Yeah. I have a few slots open and I've uh, I've got people from all over the United States and even had a couple people from the UK uh, help train them for their first 100 milers. So it's been fun. That does bring up one last question. I want to let you go. I know we're getting short on time. Was that one good thing about the pandemic where you got to take run coaching more from a personal level and more physically one-on-one, right? Like where a lot of run coaches, you would look for like a local run coach. Did that help good run coaches could now reach more people in like, you know, regardless of distance where they live from each other? Yeah, it was kind of during the pandemic. I had a lot of people asking and, you know, I've got all this experience and stuff. And so it was kind of during that time that I sought out uh, the certifications and started getting people. So it really worked well. And it's been fun, man, with technology, like, you know, you and I are looking at each other right now. And like I said, somebody from the UK and we can have meetings, you know, setting the time is tough, but we can have meetings and talk about their runs. And I don't know, we can do that. And I've got friends now from you know, from the UK that I can hang out with if I end up over there. And, uh, but it, it, it's rewarding, man. I love helping other people achieve their goals and encouraging them in them. It's hard work, but it's, you know, anything worth doing is worth putting in the work. So. No, David, I thank you so much for your time. We'll share everything on this one when we publish it here. David, uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. I do have a couple of things I'd love to talk to you about it's very shortly. So David, if you want, let's you and I, and I'll say this on air, I'd love you and I to schedule a call very shortly. Um, sure. If you're open to that. I love Definitely. your story. I'm not just saying that. I want you to know before we hang up this Zoom, I you've motivated the hell out of me. So thank you so much. All right, so, man. Let's get you doing a 100 miler, dude. 
Let's do soon, it. Soon. Let's, 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 <laughs> okay. All right. Not, maybe not 2022, <laughs> but soon. All right, David, thank all you right, so man. much for your time. Have a great time. All, all right, right bud. Thank you so much, David. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.